Hey, Victory Family, this podcast is straight from our 2019 Ironman Men's Conference. So, there's so much great material here, so don't miss an opportunity to take some notes or listen to it a few times. Well, here we go. Hey, I think, just stay standing for just a minute, because I think what we need to do, because... Uh, and you guys got to help me out a little bit because I am who I am, okay? I can't be anybody else. I'm just going to be me. And uh, uh, by the way, it, it, just so I don't forget to do it later, I just really want to honor the guys that came with me. I got my pilot, Ron, co-pilot, Todd, and uh, give them a hand. Yeah. They're awesome. And, and if you're thinking they're bodyguards, they are. They're not here to protect me. They're here to protect you from me. And... Uh, and when we get going here, you know, like I said, I'm just going to be me, okay? But just, just this time, we don't have time to date, okay? So, yeah. like, I'm not going to give you my background and my pedigree and, like, introduce you to my dog or nothing. Um, we're just going to go for it, okay? We're, we're just going to dive in. We're t- look at your neighbor and say, take off your floaties. Okay? This, this, isn't, this isn't the girls' night out, okay? We're, we're, we're going to man up and... And, and, and during praise and worship and, and, you know, during all of these moments that you've had the opportunity to respond, it's, it's kind of, you know, in my world, it's just kind of half-hearted. And so what I want us to do is, is I want you to think of what is the greatest thing that God could possibly do for you. And then I want you to, to, to get, we're going to give him a praise offering. I want, you, I want you to clap and shout like it's already done. And like, like there's this habit that you haven't been able to break for 25 years or this, this relationship that's never been able to get restored or there's a business that just can't get off the ground, but now you see it sore and you see it healed, you see it revived, you see it renewed. And I want you, I want you to act like a believer for a minute and, and tell God that how, how much you appreciate the fact that while you're in here seeking him, he's actually still at work for you. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that it occurred when they pressed in to hear the word of the Lord. It, let me tell you when it begins to happen, when you put the press on to receive from him, the it in your life begins to take place. And so I want us to just tear, I mean, lift the roof off this stinking place and give God a praise like he's worthy. Can we do that? Okay, I'm not even going to count to three or whatever it was. Just do it. Come on, come on, somebody. There we go. Yeah, come on, get loud for Jesus for a minute. God, we magnify you. You're worthy, God. You're worthy. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, somebody. Come on, give it up. Give it up. Give it up. God, we praise you. We magnify you. Praise God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Now give somebody a high five and sit down. Say, buckle up, Betty. All right. Hey, it's an honor to be here. It really is. And uh, I, I've been looking forward to this for some time. And, and uh, uh, just so you know, I preach kind of like a cross-eyed javelin thrower. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I promise there's going to be at least one really good point. And uh, it's going to be sticking someplace. And man, here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that God's going to elevate uh, you, every single one of you. That he's, he's, he's going to elevate He's going to elevate the position that you're doing life from, okay? And there's, uh, this is what God's been talking to me about as I'm praying for you guys getting ready to come here is that there's a lot of stuff that's in process. 
There's a, there's a lot of things that are in process, and, and what we're hoping, what you know, most of us are believing God for something. And if you, and, and you know, if you're believing God for little things, uh, you know, most of us can quote Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? He says, "I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you." Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. I really like it in the message when it says God knows exactly what he's doing. How many think that's true, that God knows exactly what he's doing? And, and, and then it goes on, it says, and he, got, he has it all planned out, okay? He has it all planned out. Plans to give you the future you're hoping for. If God's going to give you, if God was giving you the, the future that you're hoping for, you better be hoping for something awesome. Okay, because I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you that if God's going to give you the future you're hoping for, you don't want to just hope that you make it home tonight, right? You don't want to, you don't want to hope that you can, you know, just just barely get by in life. You better be hoping big, Amen. So what we need to do as men of God, one of the things we need to do is is elevate our expectation just a little bit because most of us aren't expecting much. And, and, and you need to be believing God big. I mean, you need to be believing God as a body. You need to be believing God that, that, that man, I'm telling you what, the school starts setting up their schedule based, of, based on yours. Because if, if, if the church has something going, ain't nobody going to the school thing no more, right? I mean, you need to, you need to elevate your, you, what you need to do is you need to up your ask, right? Like, look at your neighbor and say, up your ask. Be nice. Up your ask, okay? You can look back and say, up yours too, right? Hey, you know, and start believing God. I mean, believing God for ridiculous stuff. I'm talking about crazy. Why? Well, because we serve an awesome God. Come on, guys. We serve an awesome God, and he's more excited to do for you than you get, than you and you understand. The Bible says that, you know, uh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. How many of you guys love God? Come on, you love God? Well, then there's some amazing stuff prepared for you. Prepared means made ready in advance. So it's not like God's busy building a better life for you. The better life's already built. He's not building the life for you. He's building you so you can sustain the life that he has prepared for you. You know, if, if you want Bible on it, you know, he took people out of bondage and was taking them to a, uh, to a promised land, and that land was ready. And it took him 40 years to take an 11-day journey, remember? Yeah. And, and, we're, and sometimes, you know, as preachers, we kind of make fun of those people like, like they were just out there killing time or something. No, God was preparing them. It, it was worth the investment of time to prepare them so they could sustain that which he had already prepared for for them. And what God has prepared for you, man, I'm telling you, your eye has never seen it. You've seen some stuff, but you ain't seen nothing like what God's about ready to do in your world. You might've heard some amazing stories, but it's nothing compared to what God wants to do in your life. You might have something in your heart. You could have a wild imagination. You could be sitting here saying, God's able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that I can ask, think, or imagine, but God's going to go way beyond that. He's going to blow your mind with the life that he has in front of you. I'm telling you, and it's prepared. It's made ready in advance. But what we've got to do is we've got to be prepared for what God has prepared for us, right? Because, because, there's, because there's confrontation. There, there is, there's a resistance. You know, it's like, man, we want God to bless us, but we, we think he's Ed McMahon or something. You know, he's going to swing by the house with a check or, or you know, he's just going to make things happen. But if you're praying asking God for an airplane, but you haven't learned how to fly one, what if you got it? It wouldn't make any difference. And a lot of us are believing God for big things. We haven't gotten, we haven't prepared. 
We haven't made any investment in it. We haven't, we haven't developed ourselves. We haven't, we haven't trained ourselves to think. We haven't trained ourselves to, to handle. Well, we're gifted, right? Yeah, we're really gifted. You, you know, every, every guy in here is gifted. You, you're made of God. You, 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 my friend, were saved and called, not according to works, but according to his purpose, right? So, so, so he, he you know, and, and that might help you out a little bit too. If you, you know, cause how, you know, and don't, don't like hold your hand up cause then I'll mock you. But, uh, you know, it, how many of you guys, you know, it's like, man, you've been born again, again and again. And it's like, you can't make it almost through the week without like screwing up and you got to get saved again and you got to repent again. And, and can I just suggest that maybe that's because you're living like you're saved instead of living like you're called. See, you've been saved and called. And, and, and if you live like you're called, man, I'll tell you what, living a life like as a believer will begin to take care of itself. You, you begin to move away from the stuff that's, that's trying to hold you back. Why? Well, because, man, I, I recognize I'm called. I'm called of God. Jeremiah 1.5 says that before he knew you or before he formed you, he knew you. Be- think about it. Before he formed you, he knew you and, and he sanctified you and has ordained you. What that means is it's as if God was having a dream about the future and he saw where you were going to fit. So before he even started shaping you, he knew exactly what he's going to do with you. God's not in time. He's in eternity. He declared your end at the beginning, right? He, I said he declared your end at the beginning. And so he's taking you to the end, right? And so he, he's got this, man, he's got, he knows what he's doing. He's got it all planned out. Right, Jeremiah, and if and if you get really serious about seeking him, Jeremiah twenty nine says, if you get serious about seeking and you and 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 you want him more than anything else, he said he'll he make sure that you will not be disappointed. I love that. He'll make sure that you will not be disappointed. Okay, and and so he's got this end, and trust me, when you get to the end that God has prepared for you, you are not going to be disappointed. Don't you let the devil talk you out of what God's talking you into. See, God's, God is leading you by his word, and he's going to cause you to collide with the future that he has prepared for you, okay? But you've got to prepare for that future, and, and, and you've got to realize that, man, all the promises of God are yes and amen, and that means I can have any one of them if I take one of them promises and I start getting into the word of God and letting the word of God get into me, and man, I, 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 I'm not just reading the Bible, but the Bible's starting to read me, right? And, it's, and he's talking back to me, and, and there's a transition where, where the word of God, which is the logos, it, where it transitions, it's transformed from logos to rhema. All of a sudden, God's speaking back to me using his word, right? And it's not just recorded of what he said back then, but no, it's, now it's a book that contains what he is saying, okay? And he's speaking by his word, and, and that word begins to come alive, and the word begins to, man, the, the word of God is powerful. I said the word of God is powerful. And, and you, you, you want to know what's nuts is, uh, help me remember where I was, guys, but, uh, but I got to go on this for a second. Uh, here's what's crazy is in this room, there's a bunch of us, and we, we, you know, we got T-shirts and bumper stickers and a nasty attitude. And, 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 but a lot of us don't have any Bible in us, right? And so we're a believer. We're not exactly sure what we believe in, right? And, and we're walking by faith because, right, we walk by faith, not by See, we know, you know, the front row knows that, how to answer that one. Uh, we, 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 you know, the opposite, what's the opposite of faith? Well, be, I guess it'd be unbelief. No, sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. So we don't go by what it looks like. We go by what he said. You tracking? We, we go by what he said. Uh, you, you know, uh, Micah. 
it says, he has shown you a man what is good, love, mercy, do justice, and, and, and walk humbly with God. Walk, God's, think about that for just a minute. God's invited you to walk with him. Every day, every day of your life, you're on this walk with God. And if you're walking with God, he, and I honestly believe that anybody who walks with you ought to, ought to end up getting closer to God no matter what. I mean, if they're just walking with you, they ought to be getting closer to God. Why? Because you're walking with God, right? And, and uh, you know, so he's shown you what's good and, and uh, you would, look, that you'd, you know, man, that you'd walk with him. But Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, how can, so you can't, so if God said that, then you can't walk with God if you don't know what God said, because you can't agree with him if you don't have a clue what he said. Well, wait, God's, God's sovereign. He's in control. See, that just proves you haven't read the book because he's, he's put you in control. You have authority. You have dominion. And, and, and you're, you're supposed to be becoming the, the, the word become flesh. Right, you, you're you're being transformed. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It, it, what, what that says is, hey, I beseech you, or I'm begging you. This Romans 12, right? I'm begging you. I'm begging you that in light of everything God's done for you, how many of you know God's done some awesome stuff for you? I mean, just the fact that you're here, that you're alive, means that God's been protecting you. Come on, you've seen the way you drive. You've seen the stuff you eat. You know, you, you, know, you, you know how you were when you're back there and you're, when you're a kid. You shouldn't even be here. And it's the mercy of God. And he said, in light of the mercy of God, here's the least that you can do, that you would live your life like a sacrifice to God. Holy, holy doesn't mean, you know, it's not, it's not about, you know, uh, uh, the clothes you wear or none of that stuff. The, one of the best definitions of the word holy is other than, other than. God, God is holy. He's other than. There's nobody like him. We sang it tonight. There's none like you. Why? Because he's holy. You're supposed to be holy. Other than. You ain't like the world. Oh? Come on. You ain't like the world. You, you, you're, you're different. You're different. See that dream that God had about your future? It, when he says he sanctified you, it means he made you different. Man, he, he's equipped you differently than he has the guys around you. Okay, you, you, have, you have gifts, you, you have strengths that God has put in you that, that only you possess, and, and, and you, need to, you need to find that strength, and you need to be like, like developing that strength and walking in your strength, and I don't, I, you know, I, I don't care what somebody else says, man, I'm going to walk in my strength, right, and, and, and he said he, he sanctified you, back to Jeremiah 1.5, he sanctified you, and, and, and then he anointed you, which means he's empowered you. So God had a, few, had a dream about your future. He saw where you're going to fit. He shaped you for it, and differently than anybody else, nobody else can fulfill that, you can. And then he empowered you to fulfill his dream. You, you have no idea what this does for me. That God was looking into the future, and he said, you know what? I, I need time. God was looking into the future. He said, you know what? I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shape Gary. For, for, he's going to be a perfect fit for where I'm going to put him. See, if, if, if you love God, and you're not just a baby, right? You're growing, and you're mature. And I'm, I'm just going to, I got to treat you like you're kind of mature, Okay. Because uh, uh, we're, we're not doing kids' camp, we're doing a, a man's con, right. right? I saw it on a board somewhere. Man con, right? Personally, I don't even know what that means, but 
I see the word man in there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you like you're mature, right? Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to us right now. Okay, so if you're mature, because Romans 8 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Right? They are the son. Everybody say, I'm a son. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean. Say, I'm a son. Okay, well, there's two Greek words in the Bible for son, weos and technon, right? Technon is a son just by, just by fact of childbirth. He's born a male. But weos is a child that displays the characteristics of his father. And it's as many as are led by the Spirit. This is how we know that you are mature and displaying the characteristics of your father. You're being led by the Spirit. Now, if you're a mature, now, now if you're a baby, just you, you can just hang out for a second. But if you're mature, then you're being led by the Spirit. And if you're being led by the Spirit, and the Spirit knows all things, and the truth is in him, then, then where you are isn't a surprise to the Spirit because the Spirit's been leading you. So and you think that, that, that where you are is, is the result of mistakes in your past, but I'm telling you that God is not manipulated by your screw-ups. And so where you are in life, the Spirit has led you because you're a mature son. And you're thinking, well, what in the world? Well, yeah, you, I'm certain you've got some junk to deal with. Everybody in the room does. But your situation has not blown the mind of God. God's not looking at you going, oops. You know, like, I don't know what to do with you. No, he knows exactly what to do with you because he's using this situation, even what the enemy intended for evil, God's using it for good and he's developing you and constantly continuing to work in you for his God who has begun a good work in you and continues to perform it. He doesn't give up, cave in and walk away. He, he, he ain't backing off because you made a bad choice he, and, and he's not shocked. See, you got to understand there's two yous. You know, God's all about the future, right? I know the thoughts and the plans I have, plans to give you hope and a future. Think about the word future for just a second. This is kind of, you, you'll get it, but it's not like super deep or nothing, but, but, but check it out. In the word future, because God's talking to you about your future, the enemy's always talking to you about your past. See, the, the enemy wants you to focus on your history. God wants you to focus on the possibility. And I'm, I'm here tonight to tell you that your possibility is so much bigger than your history. That, that if, you, if you could sever yourself from your history, you do yourself a big old honking favor. Because, you, you know, your history, man, is trying to, trying to hold you in. And that's why a lot of us have lowered our expectation because we didn't get what we wanted the way we wanted it when we wanted it. And so, you know, so we've just decided to lower the bar. Hey, man, I, I know people that, that are, you know, trying to redefine what, what God life is. You know, in John 10, when he said, uh, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Jesus said, I come that you might have life. That's the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E. Zoe is God life, more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. I'm talking about life as God has it. Can I just tell you something tonight that, they, that all hell's having a meeting right now trying to figure out what they're going to do with you if you ever decide, hey, this, this, this God life that Jesus came to connect me to, I think I'm going to go ahead and receive that. And I'm going to receive that God life, start walking in the God life. You will demonstrate Satan's defeat every day for the rest of your life. Every time you get out of bed, you're humiliating hell. 
Hell's nervous about you finding out what you've been called to. See, you're worried about what you've been saved from, but what you got to get focused on is what you've been called to. Man, you start living like you're called, and all of a sudden, stuff's going to begin to change, okay? Kind of forgot where I was. You know, man, okay, you, the two yous. Okay, so you, uh, the word future, everybody say future. Okay, think about it. You, you know, if you just spell the word, right, there's two yous in the word future, separated by a T. T kind of looks like a cross. So if you would look at it this way, like there's a cross and two yous. There's the you before the cross, and there's the you after the cross. And so I got to figure out, and you got to help me, which you am I talking to? Man, are we talking to the you? Because most believers live like people who don't know God. Man, there's people who don't know God. Some of them are nicer than we are. You know, they're doing better in relationships than we are. And, you know, and, and we've lowered the standard because our, our personal expectations haven't been met the way we think they should. Like, I, well, I tried faith and it didn't work. No, faith tried you and you wouldn't work. I'm just going to tell you, faith, faith works. Okay, faith works. And it don't work sometimes. It works every stinking time. You know, it's like water, right? What is it, 212 degrees? What happens? How often? Every time. Every time. Well, well, what if you're above sea level? It, it might impact it a teeny bit, but it's going to boil. You, you know, I'm telling you, faith, you know, it's like, see, we back out of our faith walk anytime the heat begins to rise. So you quit before it reaches its active point. But what we have to do is we have to stop doing that. We have to realize, wait a minute. No, God declared my end. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends are really screwed up, right? The ends are the ways of death or the ends are destruction. Well, that's not God's purpose, not God's plan. He's not to destroy. He's, he's, he's man, he, he's prospering you, not harming you, right? So what we do is we hyper-focus on the way everything's done. Right, we hyper focus on the way. I don't like the way they did that. I don't like the way they sing that song. I don't like the way they talk to us. I don't like the way they make that. And you hyper focus on the way, which means that you don't even notice that you've missed the end. If you would focus on the end and let God direct the way, then you'd end up at the end that He declared for you at the beginning. And see what you got to do to stay focused on the end is you got to make sure that you're living like the you after the cross. You got to say, okay, guess what? I'm not just saved. Thank God I am saved. And buddy, you better be thanking God I'm saved too. Hello? Come on now. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? There's people in the room that need to be happy you're saved. Because without that salvation power, you wouldn't be being nice to any of us, right? But, okay, so I thank God I'm saved, but I need to live like I'm called. I need to live like I'm called. My salvation's taken care of. God's got me. Okay? But when I start living like I'm called, now I begin to have a purpose in my life and it begins to elevate me. And I'm no longer living from broken decision to broken decision, but I, no, there's a call on my life and God's pulling me somewhere. And my life is going to be uh, you know, developed and I'm going to be strengthened and there's no weapon that's formed against me that can prosper. Hello? 
right? In Romans 8, 28, most of us know that one. We know this. It's kind of funny that that's the verse that says we know. So you got to know this one. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good for those that love God and who are called according to his purpose. So if you're called to the purpose, if you're living like you're called, I don't care what happens. God's going to use it for good. Right, so in the middle, in the middle, I, if I'm focused on the end, I don't quit in the middle and decide I'm finished. You know, why is marriage and such rambles in our country today? Because people reach a hard spot and they decide we're finished. Well, that's not the end that God declared at your beginning. How do I know if I should keep going? Well, does the end look like something that God would have prophesied? Is this, is this what God would have declared? This is the end? Because if it's not what God will get excited about, then you ain't at the end yet. And if you ain't at the end yet, then you can't cave in, give up, and quit, and back off. And, you, you know, you, you got you to get deeper than that. Why? Because you're a mature son of God. You've been called of God, anointed by God, empowered by God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive on the inside of you now. Man, no weapon. That's, man, hell ain't got a chance against you. And when you start living God life instead of redefining it, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to settle for some broken down definition of what God life is. No, God, God's defined it. God's defined it. So I'm not going to be all messed up and all mad and all wounded and all broken and tell you that, nope, this is God life. I'm not going to live sick. I'm not going to live sick. I'm not going to live broke. Why? Because that's not the life that God's declared for me. Right? So, so what happens in the middle? We just keep going. Huh? We just keep going. Look, look at your neighbor and say, don't you quit. <laughs> I haven't got to my message yet. Okay. This is just because I figured I could tell you about my cat or we could just jump in. And uh, uh, so... We're, we're just jumping in. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pastor was up here, and, and, and he mentioned something. It's earlier, earlier I wrote this stuff down, uh, and I didn't exactly know why, but then he brought it up, and I just thought, you know, I, I need to share this real quick. Uh, but, the, the, you know, one of the thoughts, and I told you, I told you I'm all over the place, okay? And, like, how often does that happen? Every time. You know, uh, the, I drive the, you know, our, our team, and, and, hey, give a big round of applause for the, for the worship team and the tech people doing their stuff. And it's awesome. You know, most of you guys, listen, I, I've been in church my entire life, and most people have, they have no clue how much effort goes into a service. I mean, it's just not a clue. You just don't get it. And, and there's just people that's working all over the place, and, and you think that maybe it was a song or the preacher. Good Lord. It's, you know, it started when the guys were greeting you at the door and, and making sure the parking lot was ready for you, and it's all that stuff. And, and, and you know, it's a team effort. And, uh, it, and it's just, there's a lot that, that goes into this stuff, okay? Uh, but I, I was just praying before service. We were in the room getting ready, and, and, and God had, had, had me, you know, look, look at this, and then I, then I wrote it down, and, and then he got up here and he mentioned something, and, and uh, he was just talking about our, our friendship, and I'm honored to be uh, blessed to have friendship with him. But uh, it's, it's cool because uh, a lot of us, um, there, 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 is a, there is a thought that, that you should write this down someplace, you know. And uh, when, when he was talking about notes, you, you know, if we were handing out $100 bills, uh, I bet you would know exactly where that $100 bill was tonight when you got home. Okay, right? 
Anybody would just go, thank you. No, no, you'd know where it was. And uh, I promise you that through even just tonight, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit, that there will be some things that are said that are worth a lot more than a hundred bucks to you. And you're going to want to know where to go back and find them. Okay, because if you can't locate it, then it's of no value to you. And hopefully you're not just here hoping to win a plastic cup. I mean, as awesome as that camp bowl is, I don't, you worked so hard at coming up with the most, the most elaborate way to give crap away. It's like, I don't know if you guys have figured out yet, but if you win, you're a loser. Let's just poke your face full of gum. I'm throwing my card away. It's like, no way. Uh, write this down. The, the, it's a question you got to ask yourself. What do you know that's preventing you from knowing what you need to know that has the power to take you where you need to go? I'm not techie, okay? What do you know that's preventing you from knowing what you need to know that has the power to take you where you need to go? See, because you know some stuff, but a lot of times it's what you know is actually preventing you. What you know is keeping you from from receiving information that's actually go, going to transform your life. That's, that's going to be a, a, a collision with transformation. And church people are the worst. Man, and I'm going to tell you something. I, dude, I love God. And, uh, you, you know, some of these guys, a couple of these guys with me, uh, you know, I, I can't remember how far back we go, Ron, but it's a ways. We, we, got, some, we got some years. We got 25 years with this guy. And, and, and I'm telling you, you can talk to, interview him later. I love God. And, and I love God's house. Matter of fact, let me tell you something about church. Every good thing in my life came out of church. Every good thing in my life came out of church. Matter of fact, everything I added to my life outside of church sucked. Okay, it, it was almost destructive. But but everything good, man. My 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 my, my wife, my kids, my you know everything good. All my great relationships, my. My life, my livelihood, everything comes out of, out of church. I, I love God. I love, I love God's house. The, here's where I struggle is God's people. Okay? See, church is awesome, but church people are weird. Okay? And uh, the, the easiest people on the planet to offend are in churches. Okay? And, and some of you guys, I just offended you. It's like, it's, that's how hard it is. And, and, and it's like, it's like it's crazy because stuff that we know, I, I know of a church that had a literal split. I mean, they, they went to war and, 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 and split, uh, and it was off of the pastor's birthday cake because of a lady that wanted to make it and the other one that got ahead of her and did it. And then they fought over that. And it's like, man, we're going to fight about the carpet and we're going to you know, fight about stupid stuff. And we're, here we are, we're trying to change the stinking world. And we got a bunch of people that know that when they're right, I bless God, I know I'm right. Well, what do you know that's preventing you from knowing what you need to know? You know, what is the mindset that you have that you lock onto that, and, and because, you know, and you hear, you hear a preacher and he rattles off a scripture and you know that one, but it doesn't actually produce a lot of power in your life. 
other than you having the ability to prove you're right to somebody who doesn't care. Okay, and Mark 4, 24, it says, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I, I really, I love the Amplified on this verse because it says it's the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear that determines the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. The, the, the level of, of virtue, that's power. Remember when Jesus said, I felt virtue leave my body. He's talking about power. So the Bible says that it's the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear that, ha- that determines how much power that truth is going to produce in your life. And see, that's why some of you guys have been in church your whole life, but ain't got no power because you've never thought about it again after leaving the building. You know, you don't give thought and study. You, you know, you know that the Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got that, right? No, most of you are going, what's that? That's the Bible. Okay, but, but the deal is, is that to give thought and study. See, when he said study to show yourself approved, the word study means break a sweat. It means to, it means to put some effort into this thing. See, a lot of us, the reason we're losing the fights in life is because we're not showing up for the fights in life. And you can't win a fight you didn't show up for. You just got disappointed because you didn't get what you wanted, the way you wanted it, when you wanted it, how you wanted it, as long as you wanted it. But wait a minute, that, that would be immature. But we're not immature. We're mature sons of God being led by the spirit of God. So regardless of how long it takes, that's not the issue. See, Hebrews 10, 35 says, don't throw away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward for you. have need of patience. After you do the will of God, you're gonna receive the promise. Hey, that receiving the promise thing rocks. Huh? Man, I'm telling you, you ever receive the promise? Mic drop moment. Boom, I got the promise. Okay, how, how am I going to get to the promise? And that's what we're going to hit tonight, okay? How do I get to the promise? How do I see the protection of the promise? Well, I don't cave because of the process. Okay, the process is actually more valuable than the promise. You feel me? The process is more valuable than the promise. Hebrews 10, 35. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. That's where that's tied to your reward. For you have need of patience. See, patience is not the ability to wait a long time. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged. Regardless of time. None of these things move me. I will not be shaken. You know, when when we were singing, we were singing these lyrics that are actually supposed to be in alignment to how we live our life. See, it's, it's pretty to come in harmony and sing it. But it's weird that our life is in such discord with the song we sing it. Because if we don't get it exactly the way we want it, we have a tendency to cave in. We quit. You have need of patience. Man, you can't change in the middle. You don't change your story based on the circumstances. 
but you stand on his promise until the circumstances change. After you do the will of God, the will of God. I've been, I've been, I've been in ministry 40 years. Why'd you do that? I hate you. It's a, it's a long time, man. You have no idea how many times people have come up to me and they said that they're unsure what the will of God is for their life. That's, that's strange to me, seeing as you have a copy of it. You know, you have it on your apps. You have it in paperback. You, you can go to the computer. You, they have an app that will read you a chapter of the Proverbs every day of your life before you get out of bed. You know, he, he, you know, where's the will of God? Let, can I just tell you something? That the will of God for you, the word is thelema. God's will is, God's thelema is this, is that humanity would be blessed through the Christ that is at work in you. That humanity would be blessed by the Christ that's working in you. See, you're all focused on what I should do. What do I do? What should I do? This is what's happening. What should I do? This is what just came up. What should I do? This is what they said. What should I do? Well, the Bible answers that. Be a doer of the word of God. So what should I do? The word of God. I mean, that's not hard. What do I do? The word of God. Say, I am a doer. Say, I'm a doer. Say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. That's what you do. Okay, man, that, that's just what you do. You just do the word of God. Well, it's gonna be hard to do if you don't know the word of God. So you're gonna have to know the word of God so you know what to do, right? I'm telling you, Joshua, these scriptures, you know them too. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate there in day and night so that you might be observed to do What do you do? You, you do the word of God. You do the word of God. You become a doer of the word of God. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. So you could actually quit squeezing on what to do and focus on who to be. See, because... If you, if you could grasp who you are, what you do would flow naturally. Because who you become will dictate what you do. See, because what, what you do, you, you could do the right stuff, but if you're the wrong guy, you can't sustain the results of what you just did. See, because why? Because you didn't prepare. So now you can't hold the promise. But if you'll prepare, you can hang on to the promise. It's not what you do, it's who you are. It's who you are. See, your final outcome, the end that he declared at your beginning, your final outcome isn't a result of what you've done. It's a result of who you are. See, because the end result is tied to character. You want Bible? Joseph. Joseph. Thrown in a pit. 
sold, remember? Uh, falsely accused, goes to prison. 13 years later, pops back up to the top again. Huh? Why? Well, because of who he was. He had a lot of stuff happen that had nothing to do with anything he'd done. But it was who he was that tied him to his end. So who he was actually elevated where he was. See, you're gifted. Your gift will get you in the room. Your gift will open doors and cause you to be set in front of kings. Your, your gift will get you in the room. But if you don't have the character, see, character is what keeps you in the room. Now, I, I, got, I got great friends. I, you know, it's not like I'm tattling or something, but I got great friends in ministry that are insanely gifted. And they, and, they, and they get, you know, and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're in the room. But today they're not because they didn't have the character to keep them in the room. See, your end result is tied to your character. And your character is the result simply of your habits. So what you do habitually builds and defines your character. See, and all a habit is is something you can do without thought. You no longer even have to think about it. Why? Because it's a habit. You, you know, uh, you ever get a call, you know, at work, I'll, I'll be at the office, wife will call, hey, will you pick up milk on the way home? Absolutely, babe. Bye. I love you so much. All I think about is you. Okay. And then I go home, turn around, and go back to get the milk. I'm not even certain how I got home or who I hurt on the journey. Right, right. How did I get there? It's habit. Okay, so, so so your habits define your character. Your character is going to tie you to an end result. Well, all a habit, habit that which can be done without thought. All a habit is 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 an action that's performed on a consistent basis. So how do I build the right habits? I act a certain way for a consistent amount of time. Okay, so so I have to act. Some of you guys need to start acting like a believer. Well, well, that, that just, that's not who, God made me this way. No, God didn't make you that way. Sin made you that way. Separation made you that way. Nana made you that way. Hello? But you have to act like who you want to become. See, if you don't act prosperous, you will never be prosperous. You will never be a worshiper if you don't act like one first. It's a process. A process. You want Bible? The man began to prosper. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. See, the way God does a thing is the way God does all things. You begin, you continue, and then you become. You will never become something you refuse to begin. You can't continue something you didn't start. So you have to start it, and then you have to continue it until you become it, right? And so you, you, have, you, you have this character that needs to be built, so you have to have these habits have to be developed, so you have these actions that need to, you need to get consistent in. So you, you got to act a certain way. You got to act like you love your wife. You got to act like you like you love the the, the body of Christ. You got to act. You got to act like you got some sense. You got come on, somebody. 
Okay, actions, what are, okay, well, how do I change my actions? Well, actions are the result of a decision. So your choices determine your actions. So if you want to act a certain way, you have to make a choice to act that way. So it's your choice. Why do you act that way? Well, because of the what they said. No, no, no. It's not them. It's you. And it's, it's the choice you make. Because if, if the guy runs you off the road, you get to make a choice. Hello? Come on now. These are your choices. You're bigger than that. Okay? You're bigger than that. Some of you guys have been making stupid choices, and, but you're bigger than that. You don't need to make stupid choices just because you have a stupid excuse. My boys, I have three boys. They're all incredible men of God. Last weekend, I was in Puyallup, Washington. My youngest son preached on Father's Day. This weekend, I'm here. My middle boy, Stephen, he's preaching this weekend. Can I just tell you something? They haven't always been like preachers. The, the popo been over to our house, okay, a bunch of times. My, 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 the, the kid that preached last weekend was the drug dealer at his middle school. We've been through some stuff. I know what it is to not quit in the middle. Okay, I'm telling you, I know what it is to not quit in the middle. And, 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 and the deal is, is some of you guys, you make stupid choices. All three boys, all three of them, man, when it comes time to get the driver's license, they were, they were so excited, couldn't wait. As a matter of fact, they didn't. They took cars out long before they should have. And, and, you know, and, and, uh, uh, but they couldn't wait. And so they, and, and, and with my youngest, there was this day. And they, they'd take that written test and fail it over and over again. And, you know, the driving part, they had down. They'd been driving for years. But, uh, but, that, but that test part, they didn't like the test, right? And so uh, there was one time, and you ever been, I don't know what it's like here, but, man, in Tri-Cities, Washington, when you go to the DMV, you better have some time. Okay? You get prayed up, you know, speak in the tongues, do everything. And, and you get up in there. And so one day I, I pull up in the parking lot. TJ and, and his mama got out of the car. And before I even got the car parked, Found an empty spot. They were back out to the car, getting in. He slams the door. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the truth. And I said, what happened? And he goes, I flunked the stupid test. And I stopped the car. And I put it in park. And I turned around and looked at him and said, look at me. You're my kid. You can't flunk the stupid test. Okay? You can flunk the genius test. But you ain't flunking no stupid test. Okay, and, and let me tell you why you flunked the stupid test. You didn't read the stupid book. And if you read the stupid book, you can pass the stupid test because the stupid test isn't hard after you read the stupid book. Some of you guys are passing the stupid test because you won't read the stupid book. Hello? You know, you, you, you don't have the right. You, you, well, well, you know, my wife was mean to me, and, and that's why I've done these stupid things. You're bigger than that. You're bigger than that. I remember when we brought them home from the hospital. They were cute then. They were. We had cute boys. I got pictures. I can prove it. Okay? And they were cute. But, man, I, you know, and you know what's weird is that, you know, it, it was cool because we'd take a bottle and we'd shove it in the pie hole and they'd suck on it. And we'd, oh, look at them go. Look at them go. And they'd crap their pants. And we'd change their diaper. And they'd throw little fits in the store, and we'd, you know, and we'd try to train them. And, but they were cute. But you know what? It ain't cute anymore. If you got to part the whiskers to get the bottle in, that ain't cute. And, you know, when, when you know, Pastor Gary's having to come around and change your diaper and you're a grown man, that ain't cute no more. 
Okay, you got to quit making stupid choices, right? Well, well, how am I gonna how am I gonna stop that? If my choices determine my actions, that I got to make wise choices. Well, every choice you make is based on a feeling. It's emotion. Emotion makes your choices. Emotion makes your choices. If you feel good about it, you're gonna make a good choice. You feel bad about it, you're gonna make a negative choice. So you gotta you gotta you gotta take ownership of the way you feel. You can't, hello, somebody? Okay, your feelings, you know what they're a result of? Your feelings are a result of your thoughts. You want to feel better? Think better. As a man thinketh, so is he. Your thoughts are taking you somewhere. You're not responsible for every thought that runs through your head, but you're responsible for every thought you let stay there. So you got to take control of your thoughts. You got to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, "Grow up, Buttercup." <laughs> you guys all right? I'm not being too mean, am I? No. You guys okay back there? You all right? I'm not hurting your feelings. Give me a minute. <laughs> okay, your thoughts. Your thoughts are powerful, man. Your thoughts are powerful. You realize you change one thought, you can change the trajectory of your life. That's why the enemy causes you to stand on what you know so that you won't learn what you need to know because what you need to know has the power to take you where you need to go. So he, 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 he gets you to lock in on that thought and you just swear to God you're right and this is how I got to where I am, right? But the thought that got you to where you are is not the thought that's gonna take you where you need to go. What, what uh, I, I, I don't wanna speak, like don't take this in a negative way. Let me tell you, as a church, how many of you guys are from this church? Well, just look around, let me see. That's awesome. As a, as a church, you want, you want to know what your problem's going to be? Is you still think like you're back at that other place. And, you know, what, when you were back there, what got you here is awesome. Man, blood, sweat, tears, believing God, having faith, moving in. But guess what? You can't relive the good old days. If we're going to be who God's called us to be, we have to entertain new thoughts. Some of us need to get our brain off the pill. You haven't had a new thought in like 12 years, and it's time to give birth to a new thought. You're going to have to think new. You're going to have to think new, or you're going to repeat your history. And your history is what's going to stand in front of your possibility. Okay, as a body and as an individual. See, as a man of God. And, and you want to you know what shapes your thoughts? The word you hear. One of the things I love about the word of God. Why would he say, take my word and meditate it? And, and you know, I don't know what picture, uh, you, you know, what, what picture pops in your head. Because see, thoughts... contain images, right? So like, like, like for example, check it out. Uh, how old are you? 14. Anybody younger than that? Okay. How old are you? No way. You're 13. What have they fed you? Okay. 13 years old. Check it out. I'm going to say cat. Okay. Cat. What color is it? Black. Nope. Wrong. 
Now, the cat you saw is black. But let's try it again. Let's try a 14-year-old. Get a little bit more wisdom. Cat. Orange. No. It wasn't enough wisdom. Okay, so now we know it's not black and it's not orange. Okay, cat. White. Getting close, but no. It's not black. And what are we doing? Well, you're listening to my words, and my words are changing the image that you're seeing. See, the reason that you would meditate God's word is because the more time you spend in his word, the more you tap into his thoughts. See, when you begin to spend time in the word, this blows my mind right here. You can begin to think the thoughts of God. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I mean, every time I say black, no, orange, no, white, no, every time. Every every time he, he he takes a word and he and he drops it in my spirit and I think I know what he's saying but I meditate it right day and night meditate day and night meditate meditate you, you know I don't know what picture pops in your head when you see hear the word meditate it's like no that ain't what he's talking about right meditate here's what meditate is you call it worry worry is meditating. Okay, it's taking a thought and giving it predominant authority. So no matter what else comes in, it has to surrender to that thought. It takes a second seat. See, God said, I want you to take my word and every other thought you think, it's second chair. But this word is going to be the thing that you're going to meditate. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to concentrate on this word. And I'm going to begin to reveal my thoughts to you. Because a word is pregnant with a thought. And a thought contains an image. And when you begin to think the thoughts of God, you begin to see what God sees. And when you can see, see, some of you guys, you've thought about what your daddy said about you. You've thought about what your boss said about you. You've thought about what, your, you know, your wife said, and your mama said, your kids said, your neighbor said. But you need to stop and you need to start thinking about what does God say about me? Because I need to see who God sees when he sees me. Because when I begin to see what he sees, I begin to understand the call. And now that I can understand the call, I can begin to be who God's called me to become. And as I can, you know, continue, right? I begin and then I continue. And the more I continue, the more I become who God's called me to be. It ain't about what God's called me to do. What I'm going to do is going to flow out of who I am. So words turn our thoughts, thoughts turn into emotion, emotion makes our choices, our choices determine our actions, our actions builds our habits, our habits defines our character, and our character ties us to an end result. I don't care who you are. If you ain't got the character, you can't sustain the end. See, and a lot of us are asking God to release the promise, man, give me the promise, your promises, Where, where's the promise of prosperity? Where's the preparation for prosperity? I just need more money. No, you need patience. You need to stand on the word and refuse to change regardless of time. Until you can prove that this is who you are. Hello, somebody? Um, I, I think I, what time is it? What time are we done? I don't either. Breakfast is when? I, I, I like the sound of the appetizers. Okay, can I have a couple more minutes? You all right? Uh, Because he said something 
and then it triggered. That's why God said that. Because when God spoke it to me, I had a picture. But then when he was talking, the picture shifted because I started getting the thoughts of God. I started thinking God thoughts, and then I could see what God was seeing. And before, it was just about me. But then I realized that he, when he said it and I thought about it again, I realized it wasn't about me and him, but it was about you. And that God, had a, God, God wanted this added for you. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes church life and we get led by the Spirit and it's like, oh, my God, we get so weird. Please don't grab a tambourine, tie a bunch of streamers to it and run across here while I'm here. Do that next weekend. That stuff freaks me out. Okay, and, and I don't respond well when I'm freaked out. But anyways, uh, he, he was talking about this, uh, about a friendship, you know, that's being developed. And can I just tell you that some of you guys, you have friends in your world that are killing you. Okay, so we might be here a while. You, you have relationships that are hurting you. Uh, how's, it, how's it put it? Uh, it's like 1 Corinthians 15, right? Uh, it might be like verse 33. Evil communications corrupt good behavior. Bad company kills you. Okay? It, it's, it, you have relationships that you need to walk away from as fast as you can. He who walks with the wise will be wise. But a companion of fools will suffer for it. Uh, well, I don't know if I should judge him as a fool. You don't have to. The Bible's already distinguished the difference between a wise man and a fool. Jesus said it. So here's the thing. I will just tell you right now that... I'm thinking of a nice way to do this. I will tell you right now. I could tell you in 15 minutes if you are wise or a fool. Jesus said, and you you actually know the story. It's just you haven't given a whole lot of thought. But you remember the story about the man who built his house upon the rock and the man who built his house upon the sand and the storms came and the rain fell and the one and the one that was built on the rock, what did it do? It stood. It didn't change regardless of what was going on. It was patient, right? It was, it was on the rock. But the one that was on the sand, it says it fell and great was the fall. Great was the fall. Jesus said the wise man built his house on the rock, the fool on the sand. But he went deeper than that. He said the wise man and the fool, they, they heard the word, but only one of them actually applied it to his life. That was the wise man. So if you hear the word, but don't apply the word, you're a fool. And you're trying to build godly relationships with ungodly people. Well, who's going to reach them? Not another fool. If if you're going to live like a fool, I'll be nice, but I don't want you in my world. You don't get a ride with me. No. I have, uh, and you guys forget what I'm about to say. But I have men in our church that are confused as to why they can't get quality time with me. Because they're fools. See, 
There's a difference. You need to get this. There's a difference between spending time and investing time. And I spend time. See, when you spend something, you're spending it. So if I'm going to spend time, it's going to be with my wife, with my sons, with my granddaughter. I don't spend time with these two. I invest time in these guys. I don't invest time in fools. Why? Bad investment. See, if you're willing to invest in something that you know is going to cost you, I need to talk to you directly after service. Because I have some stuff that you could financially invest in, especially since you don't care about getting a return. Okay, I'm going to get to this point. Cross-eyed jab on throw. Scriptures, you've heard it. The steps of a good man. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, his, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Now, you're not good just because you think you are. You have to be what the word good defines. You can go anywhere in the world right now and say, isn't God good? And they will say, all the time. Okay? What's funny to me is people say, isn't God good all the time? They don't even know what the word good means. The word good means something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. That's why God is good, because he... God so loved the world that he gave. He's a giver. When he looked at the sun and said, it is good. Why? Because the sun's giving of itself for the betterment of his environment. Ask any scientist, he'll tell you the sun's getting small 